Drama bonded. No intro. <laughs> yeah, life life has happened. Uh, we're pivoting. We're mixing it up. Uh, yeah, we're gonna cover this season of the Great British Baking Show because we need something that just brings joy. Joy, yeah. And there is drama in the sense that these bakes are very technical, and there's a lot of pressure. I yeah, I've got some opinions <laughs> on this first episode. For sure. But we're going to, and we'll talk more about this uh, maybe on our social media, but we have decided that we would like to kind of expand. Yeah, add some variety to our shows that we cover and so that we can have a lot of different kinds of conversations throughout the year and cover things that we're excited about. Uh, So we will be still talking about The Bachelor. We're just going to talk about it a little bit more in summary at the end of our episodes. So if you are a Bachelor fan, stay tuned to hear our hot takes on Paradise and Golden Bachelor. Yeah. But this way too, there are so many of you that are so sweet and are listening to us and I don't even think you watch The Bachelor or Bachelorette. <laughs> we just thought, you know, we watch other shows too, so we should we should branch out. And I think it was a little disappointing that our first season that we covered was Zach's season. So being able to wah, say- wah. Yeah, that just like we're not going to watch another boring white guy do this and find something else more interesting to talk about. It, it, I think it's just better for everybody. Yeah, and we really were bummed that we weren't able to talk about charity season. So just in retrospect, I just want to say charity was one of the best leads we've had in a while. I will say she's the best bachelorette since Hannah Brown and her season was a joy. So that's my summary of that. I agree completely. I hope her and Dotton are very happy. Yeah, love that. Um, I don't know. Life's kind of gotten in the way for both of us. Uh, so we're sorry about the break, too. I had to have hip surgery. And kind of leading up to that at the end of August has just been nothing short of like a nightmare for me, <laughs> not to be too dramatic. So having a little space to step back and just deal with, with all of that was much needed. Yeah, and I've had my own trifecta of personal struggles. And so Jess and I, when we first started this podcast, we agreed we were only going to do it if it was fun. And I think there just came a point where we realized showing up every week to do this was just teetering on the edge of taking more space and causing more stress than staying fun. And so to stay true to ourselves in the project, we just had to take a step back. But we love talking. We love hanging out together. We love television. So as we're just going to try something new and see if it sticks a little better this time. And we would love your feedback. Always. Yeah. I love it. Well, should we get into, uh, is it cake week? Before we do. Oh, okay. We are not going to forget about our candy review. Oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> see, some things never change. So at least we're consistent with candy. Yeah. Um. One of our favorite candies that we've tried since we've talked to you all is Haribo Berry Clouds. Oh, so good. The texture is on point. 10 out of 10. Uh, but it's, I'm going to redo the description because I think it makes it sound even more delicious. Uh, featuring a triple layer foam gummy 
with a soft cloud-like texture. And the flavors are blueberry, wildberry, and strawberry. And I will say the berry flavors are very distinct and lovely. The texture is awesome. And they're not, they're softer because of like the cloudy part. Yeah, like, like the foamy part. The foamy part. It's almost like a, a marshmallow. So it, it, I don't want to say that it takes away from the berry flavor, but it softens everything. It's yeah. smooth candy. And sometimes I don't buy those foamy gummies because I think that they just tend to not taste like anything. But Haribo really found the texture and flavor balance on this one. Yeah, they did. Yeah, I've eaten my, more than my fair share of bags of those <laughs> since you brought those over. <laughs> so go out and find yourself a bag. I would probably say gas stations. I found them at Kroger oh, okay. for once. Like this is, a, this is a candy that Smith's carries. There you go. Okay. Okay. We did it. We remembered. Cake week now? Cake week. Cake week. I just have to say I'm really glad we're back with Great British Bake Off. It's my favorite time of year. Um, I love Noel. I really think he's a fun host. And I know. I do miss Matt, but I think Allison's going to bring a fun new energy. I think so, too. Out of the gate, really love Allison. I loved the Breadfather oh my gosh. intro into this. I was dying. I feel like their budget has gotten, I don't know, it's gotten bigger. Right, that they had a set. <laughs> yeah. Crumbs in the bed would be really awful. Yeah, that's true. That's pretty hideous. Um, yeah, so excited about Allison. I really, like, out of the gate was excited about that. Yeah, and Noel is forever the best. Yeah, he makes me laugh. Um, this initial, so them having to make their rolled cake. So it's just basically a Swiss roll standing up, Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't quite understand. Have you ever eaten one of these? I have not. And mostly because what a technical pain in the ass. Yeah, I can see how it's technically an impressive bake. I don't really understand, like, why? <laughs> yeah, how is that better than just a cake? I guess it would be better in that you get more frosting to cake ratio. So if you're a frosting person. Like me. <laughs> yeah. Not, I don't, I don't like frosting. But if you did, I think that that would definitely give you more frosting. That's so fair. it gives you a chance to like really meld those flavors together. Because of how thin the layers are. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. I just was like, wow, this looks like a pain in the ass. And I don't know if it, the payoff is worth it. Yeah, I would agree with that fully. Like watching everybody struggle with that was just relatable. Yeah. I also was wondering, it seemed like so many people had issues when they were rolling their cake off of the parchment paper with it sticking. And they were like, oh, this never happens. So is that completely based off of like temperature and moisture in the air? Like, would that be the reason why it would happen differently? Yeah. And I think also inevitably, I think you're, you're on point with the, the moisture thing. Like temperature probably does matter. But when stuff is wetter, it just is stickier. I'm really surprised we didn't see more people. So the way I've always done those cakes is I lay a towel out flat and then dust it with a coating of either cocoa powder or uh, um, what's the white one? Powdered sugar. And then you roll it in the towel. You don't roll it with the, the, um, the parchment paper. paper that you cooked it on. So I was kind of surprised to not see more people take that approach because that eliminates that issue. Oh. Um, not that I should be. Jess is our own star baker. Thank you. <laughs> My backseat baking as I sit there on the couch eating store-bought cookies, judging these guys. But No, she's technically very good. Um, yeah, so I was a little bit 
surprised by that too. Like, I don't know. People didn't employ tactics I would have thought they should have employed. But Do you, um, aside from like how people did, what were some of the flavor profiles uh, in this challenge that stood out to you? Okay. I just have to give a shout out to my guy, Maddie, who also was really blown away by people's flavor profiles because I always feel really intimidated by that too. Um, I loved the idea of Tasha's, the black sesame and yuzu. Um, what else was interesting to me? Oh, I thought the, um, which one was it? Didn't Dana make like a caramel latte? Yes. God, that also sounded so good to me. What about you? Um, I, I love rhubarb. So Dan's rhubarb and custard, I was immediately drawn to. And it also ended up being one of the prettiest cakes in my yeah, opinion. Yeah, that pink was stunning. I'm not a blueberry lemon uh, flavor girl, but I will say the colors that Saku was able to get with her blueberries. Yes. Wow. So, so pretty. Also, I just want to say this. I don't know if other people know this too. I recently found out and was kind of floored by this. When you buy like cake mix or blueberry mix or anything with blueberries in the store in it, it's actually blueberry flavored apple. Blueberry is such a hard flavor to get that when you have really delicious blueberries in those things, a lot of the time it's not real blueberry. Wow. I didn't know that. I didn't really know that either. And I was just like, why do my blueberry muffins always suck? And it's because they're not blueberry flavored apples. So the fact that she managed to pull that all out is like a really incredible technical feat. Yeah, and I think um, Paul and Prue gave her credit for that. They did, they like, yeah. If you say blueberry, it better taste like blueberry. Yeah, and how often are blueberries just meh? So that was awesome. Yeah, I'm with you. Not a flavor combo I love, but very impressive. Um, Rowan's, also the height on that cake, was wild to that, me. Was that the wedding cake? Yeah. yeah. Which took me a minute. Initially, I was like, did he get married when he turned 21? But no, he just made himself a wedding cake for his birthday. Yeah, I was confused by that too. They never actually clarified that he didn't get married. You had to just like put it together. <laughs> right. I know. You had to like piece that together by the weird snippets of conversation. Because, you know, we live in Utah. It's not incredibly like impossible for people who are 21 to get married. <laughs> but in the rest of the world, that's kind of uncommon. <laughs> yeah. Not really. I'm sure other places too. But yeah, that was that was pretty funny to, uh, to clock. Uh, yeah, I thought that was a that was a tough challenge. I will say... Watching the show, when things tend to go south, like when something unexpected happens or they have to start on over on something or, you know, when Ta um, I think it was Tash Tasha who her rack, she used the wrong rack. And so her cake cooked very unevenly. Oh, my gosh. Yes. So when these things happen, just the fact that these people react so calmly and just like, oh, too bad. And they just keep going. They recover. Incredible to me because I would be freaking the fuck out. I would be so scattered and so frazzled. Like, I just wanted to give these bakers props for their cool-headedness. Oh, my gosh. Yes. No, I. it's so true because it's really easy for something like that to set off just like a chain of events that are really hard to come back from. And yet, they all seem to really well because like even people's worst showing in this show, like my worst is still way worse than that. I don't so, know if that's true. <laughs> mm. I remember one time baking a cake and it was like overflowing in the oven and I was like trading out pans on the bottom just trying to prevent it from burning so it didn't ruin the whole cake is like the cake just continued to flow over the edge oh, of the I've pan. I've there too. Like eating the raw cake that's coming out because you know, it's still good. Um, I don't know. I've never seen anybody do that on Great British Baking Show. So I think they've definitely got, they've, they've got 
enough knowledge that they're not set back by those things, which is really cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's incredible. I really appreciate that. Um, I thought it was really sweet that Saku got a hug. She seemed really, really <laughs> just like she needed that. Saku so far is like my favorite little, I don't know. She's just like a little bright moment in the show. She really is. Uh, I find her so delightful. Uh, I also think Tasha's hilarious. But I will say that her yuzu cake looked terrifying. <laughs> that was so funny that <laughs> Paul thought somebody had sat on it. It also kind of looked like an Oreo cake that was like oozing something not good. I yeah, I would agree with that totally. Daryl, her her interpreter was also so funny uh explaining what Paul was saying that made me laugh. Yeah, that was great. So fun. Um yeah, that was a that was a that was a rough rough challenge for their first one. Oh, the other thing I wanted to add in case anybody runs into this, Maddie splitting his buttercream. If you ever run into that, get a blow dryer or put heat up water and put the the mixing bowl right into it and try and whip it so that that butter gets warmer and everything can come together. That's salvageable if you have a heat source. Poor Maddie. That was stressful. I know. Ugh, I hate when buttercream doesn't work out for people. I know. It's so hard to watch. Very. Uh, what did you think? Of, well, do we have anything else to say about the... Uh, no, I think it Signature. was like a very good, straightforward first challenge. Um, not my favorite cake, but yeah. What if you were to make one, what would be your flavors? Oh, that's a really, really good question. I don't like fruit in my cakes. So I would definitely, I would do some combination with like pistachio, rose. I don't know. Okay. I'm not good at flavor combinations either. What would you do? Um, I'm going to ask you this question a lot, so you should probably. I'll start. I know. I knew you were going to, and I'm like, I'm going to have to admit that I am boring when it comes to flavors. Um, I don't know. I actually haven't thought this through. I, off the top of my head, like what I would eat right now um, would probably be like a spiced cake with like a salted caramel buttercream. Oh, hell yeah. See, and I also could like do banana pecan something mm-hmm. is another like go-to flavor of mine. And I think that that could work really well in a cake like that. Yeah, yum. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> okay. Um, Technical? Yeah. I've never noticed that missing raspberry. I haven't either. I was going to ask you and I was like, Jess for sure has noticed. I don't have good attention. Well, Don't tell any long? future employer to listen to this, but like, yeah, I, I'm not the most observant in that way. I feel like I need to rewatch the intro because how long is the berry cake even on the screen? I have no idea. Half the time, too, Netflix gives you the option to skip it, so That's I true. skip it. But everyone was like, gasp, the raspberry cake, and I was first like, okay, yeah, I recognize that cake, but I had no idea and like after seeing it, it's like, yeah, what is what the fuck is that gap? Like, why isn't there a raspberry there? Yeah, I had never missed one in. Yeah, I hadn't either. This challenge was wild to me because basically they were all so close, so close. Yeah, the ganache. Ugh. I probably would have put my ganache in the fridge too. Yeah, it's tempting, right? Because you just need that, and like in day to day life. Who cares if your cake is shiny or a little dull? 
Like I guarantee you it's delicious. And if you need to cool down your ganache, put it in the fridge. If you're doing a baking show, mm, just keep trying to cool it down. (laughs) Yeah, I, as long as my cake tastes good, which I love a good double layer chocolate cake, then I'm fine with it. But so the ganache was stressful. Um, Also, when they were talking about how the cake needed to look seamless and not see like the belly band around the center, I I think every cake I've ever made has a belly band. Mine too. (laughs) I know. I was like, how to do that? Yeah. I mean, man, part of that is like, I think you have to have a lot of skill you can use. And I don't know what they're using, but you can use like cake strips uh, which is a way of preventing the outside from cooking too fast, which gives you like a dome so you can cook flatter cakes. Oh. And I think you have to be really well-versed to like how to make a flat, decent cake because obviously having good edges and not having to carve stuff off is ultimately going to give you a cleaner slate to work with. Um, but yeah, I think that that obviously came down to just also the ganache being not too hot. I know. And when they kept commenting on how like some some people's ganache was runny, it looked so delicious. Right. I wanted to get in there. That cake around that ganache when it's kind of oozy. <laughs> yeah, I'm you like, know, I want that one. <laughs> I would eat that by the handful. I'd be like that kid from Matilda. Just like. Because <laughs> it almost looks like a chocolate lava cake, except, you know, obviously it's not. But I, those were the ones that looked the most delicious to me. <laughs> Agreed. Fully. Um. Yeah, so that Amos getting second on that, I like. I know everybody was close, but I do feel like that that should have held more water overall. I agree. I I'm a little upset about it. We'll get to the next one, but I feel like he also was one of the most adventurous with his animals. And even though I understand that it ended up being a train wreck, I feel like the idea and the effort and the challenge of it should have also taken him farther. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, well, do we have much to say else about? No. So just to wrap it up, Abby was third, which Abby seems to be like silent and deadly already. Oh, yeah. Watch out for Abby. Yeah. She's going far. Very capable. Um, Amos is second. And then Dan is first. Dan also seems um, very, very like he's going to go really, really far in this competition. Oh, absolutely. He is. Yeah. Um. Ah, I'm excited. I like when you've got people who are technically really savvy that way too. Um, it's fun for me to watch. I think actually more fun for me than the disasters. I hate those. I wish everybody would just do really well. Yeah, it's very <laughs> stressful. So stressful. <laughs> um, but yeah, Tasha coming in 11th and then Dana 12th. Okay, P.S. Did you like Dana's sweater? Because yes. Because I was like, Jess would wear that. Yes. <laughs> I cannot tell you how many times I try to Google like um, Rav's clothing from the junior Great British Bake Off. I like have tried to find the costume designer or the stylist for these shows. And, you know, contestants like dress themselves, but it's really hard to find fashion from the Great British Baking Show. Yeah, because usually you're really spot on finding it in other shows. Yeah, it's not as hard. I will text Jess like, oh my gosh, did you see Charity's dress? And she will, within like five minutes, send me the link to where I can buy the dress. <laughs> Which usually it's like $300, so I don't buy it. But that's what I'm saying. Yeah. She has skills. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. That is a skill of mine. Um, Yeah, I love that jumper. So cute. Yeah, as soon as I saw it, I was like, Jess would wear that. Absolutely. Um, 
that was a fun challenge. I definitely think I'm going to put that cake in my back pocket. Uh, if I ever need to make a chocolate cake to go somewhere, I'll try it. Um, I hope I'm wherever you're taking the cake. I hope I'm there. Well, I can get you a piece regardless. Okay, good. <laughs> it was a big cake. Um, should we move on to? Yeah, these sculpted animal cakes for Ugh. the showstopper. I'm immediately stressed out about it. Me too. I could not do this. And this is one of those cases where like somebody's worst performance is like a far cry from like what I consider. Like if Amos's cake had showed up at my house. I mean, I know the cake. I know the sponge was basically ruined because of how he tried to like keep it together. But I still was impressive that you could tell it was a fucking orca whale. It was amazing. (laughs) And the waves. Yeah. I was like, if this is the worst, then I'm not. I can't even touch this. Not at all. So that was kind of a bummer to um, for that to not go the way that it probably should have for him. But man, I feel like every one of these people really pulled out a pretty epic cake. Yeah, totally. I will say that I felt like the cakes were either like amazing or they were a little sloppy. There wasn't like a lot of in between. That being said, like I can't achieve the sloppy, but I'm just saying, you know, we had. Um, Keith's black poodle cake, which was hilarious. Maisie. I still thought it was adorable, but then, you know, if you take Keith's cake compared to like um, Abby's sheep cake, yeah. you know, there's, there's a gap. Uh, yeah, that sheep cake was darling. It was so and I think she was so smart too. And this is where I like, I kind of think about the strategy of this show too. Of like, obviously you want to be impressive, right? Like that is important. But also knowing that you're under time constraint, it's always in my book better, I think, to go smarter and really focus on your flavors and try to just like make that thing taste amazing and don't overcomplicate what you're trying to achieve. Yeah, it needs to be doable. Yeah, and I feel like the eye transfer was really cool, but it's like, did you really need to spend the time doing that when maybe you could have like mounted the dog's back with some cake? Actually, I felt like the eye transfer made the cake look creepy. Yeah, that was weird. <laughs> I mean, good for her for doing it, but I immediately didn't want to look at the cake. <laughs> yeah, Dana, Dana's very talented. Not the move that I would have made. Um, <laughs> I liked the more like cartoony cakes, like the Highland cow. The Highland cow was adorable. And that's a good way to do that, where you can keep it really simple and focus on some big key features and it's going to work really well. Whereas trying to do your Cocker Spaniel yeah. is like really hard. I mean, good for you for trying it. But also that's just like it's that's hard to achieve in a time constraint. I was surprised how many people were doing very specific dogs because, you know, dogs like especially with the one Dan was doing with the different colored coat. That's so technical. Yeah, and it takes forever because you have to have all of those colors. And then if you have to remake any of the color that you ran out of, then the task becomes trying to match the color, which can be like insane. Ugh. I thought Dan technically did the best dog. Oh, yeah. I would agree with that. Um, yeah. I liked it. I um, I loved, 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 loved Saku Sea Turtle. Oh, that was so cute. Was beautiful, but they did not like the flavor of it. And I only Kiri. Yeah. I I don't know. I only call attention to that just because it felt like Amos got a lot of heat and there were other bakers who did not rise to the occasion. Oh, with yeah. those showstoppers. So Well, um, 
the hilarious boozy shapely beaver <laughs> the shapely beaver like, that cake was so cute but it was like a rock inside right and I feel like on stuff like that my take on that and why I feel like Nikki should have gone home obviously Amos had a bad day in terms of like creating that cake but his problem was more trying to get the structure of it to come together that failed she got her cake together the structure all of it was there and it was still a bad cake yeah and she also did worse in the technical. I know. She came in 11th. No, no. She didn't come in 11th. Wasn't it like 10th? 10th. And she also had the barrel cake. So that's like three strikes. Absolutely. She didn't do well on any of those. And if we're just going off of those, yeah, Amos's signature wasn't amazing, but he came in second. And then honestly, I don't think, I thought his orca was amazing and he really did push the envelope on like designing something way more interesting and not... And technical. Yeah. And I know I just got done saying don't do technical things. Stick with what you know. But like. He took a risk. He did take a risk. And I feel like that that should have paid off more. I I resent the fact that Amos went the first episode. Justice for Amos. Absolutely. Um, But then also some other like cakes that were pretty incredible. Uh, Tasha's cake. Oh my gosh. The pipework on her cake. It was the cutest little brave Robin. I know. So sweet. It was like puffy chested, like, oh, so cute. <laughs> I know. I just wanted to hug that bird. <laughs> I think that one was my favorite. I think that one was mine too. I absolutely love that. And I'm always a fan. Like if you can use buttercream, it is definitely worthwhile, I think, learning how to pipe buttercream than to like slab a bunch of fondant on your cake. I also don't like to eat fondant. So anytime someone puts fondant on it, I'm immediately like, ugh. You just made it worse. Yeah, less frosting because now if you have to rip off the fondant, frosting's coming with it. And I love frosting. Fair. Yeah, it's it's a ruiner for sure. Um, and fondant's just so finicky. Like the reason Nikki's looks so nice is because she did have that thick ass like quarter of an inch fondant all over the cake. Yeah. Like that's also not a skill. Like, I don't know. That's like a, a kind of an easier way out of having to really – have finesse when you're doing cakes like that. Whereas that with a shortcut. Yeah. And with Amos, like his fondant wasn't rolled impossibly thick. Like, I don't know. Mm. The beaver was cute, but it was not a success. So I don't know. Um, I think Dan definitely deserves Star Baker. I think so too. Yeah. Cause we just mentioned he had the the best dog cake. Like his the frosting work on that was pretty insane. And then he had the beautiful uh, rhubarb cake with the, st- the candied rhubarb stripes. So smart. And then he did well in the technical. So I think he totally earned it. Yep, me too. I, I think that that was a well-deserved star baker. Um, and that was overall like a really fun first episode, first week. Yeah. Like these are some talented bakers. I, I am excited to see like, how they progress with all of this. So Jess and I have decided that we're going to name an honorable mention baker each week. And we might agree on it or we might each name our own. So based on episode one, who would you give your honorable mention baker to? I had to give it to my meathead Maddie. I think muscular cake. I I loved Prue's muscular cake comment. I thought that was so funny. And like now it is a mission of mine to make a muscular cake in my life. Um, so Maddie is, Maddie's my guy for the week. What about you? I'm going to give it to Keith because I feel like I'm already sad. I mean, if you've watched the show, so it's not really a spoiler. He's gone episode two, 
But I was, I felt like Keith did like relatively well week one and his flavors were there and he was trying so hard with his decorating. And even though he fell short with that, I just, um, I loved his little ugly poodle cake. <laughs> Macy would have taken and, that rough and ready. Yeah. And I loved the story about like how much his dad loved the chocolate and orange cake and how special that was. I just, I don't know. I thought that Keith showed up and did his best. I, yeah. And I also feel for Keith. Like I, I am somebody who definitely can nail my flavors. But when it comes to finesse of things, it's so hard to do. Like watching him. Well, we can get to the episode, but like just some of the things that he's doing, I'm like, oh, I feel this in my bones. I yeah, know like, what this I feels like Keith. to be fucking this up. <laughs> and I, and it doesn't take away from how good something tastes, but it's amazing the judgment that gets cast on something that doesn't look better than that. But like, that's a miss. That's like everybody that does that, you're missing out on some delicious things. Totally. And I think it's easy to sit and watch these people from home and judge their finesse, but making something look beautiful is an art form. And that's the part that doesn't necessarily come natural to people like Keith, but his stuff can taste delicious. Yeah. And when you're working with things like chocolate, you're under a time crunch. I mean, we've seen the weather go from like extremely hot to pouring rain in the tent. Like it's also really difficult to be doing something like I would never bake something on a particularly hot day if it was required that there was any temperature requirement to anything and yet these bakers have to do that and like working with chocolate is a struggle oh yeah and then doing it fast ugh, yeah I don't know it's hard <laughs> so all in all that was that was a good cake week yeah let's move on to biscuit week yeah, my favorite week cookie week all right so the first challenge the signature challenge is a marshmallow biscuit yeah, I don't think these are very popular in the U.S. because I don't know if I've ever had any of these things that they're talking about. I guess the closest thing that isn't actually a biscuit um, would be a moon pie. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I could see a moon pie being kind of… But that's a little bit more of like a cake marshmallow chocolatey thing. Yeah. No, I guess it is kind of a crumbly cookie. I don't know. I haven't had one in a really long time. Yeah, I, I've never had a wagon wheel, which is what they spent a lot of time kind of talking about. So I think this might be kind of a more British thing than… Yeah, also, I think that we should make marshmallow together. Yes, I wanted to make this, but I was like, I don't have time this week, but it's on the docket. We should make some of these. If we do, we'll document <laughs> Absolutely. I thought this was a fun challenge, and everybody's flavors sounded so good. Okay, right off the bat, would you go mold or no mold? Oh, that's so hard. I would have to go mold because I feel like even though there's obviously complications with that, I have a way better chance at succeeding at that than I do trying to dip a cookie in chocolate. Like the fact that Tasha achieved that level of neatness by hand dipping her stuff is just unreal to me. Yeah. I, I cannot fathom having that skill set. So it would be mold all the way at the risk of like ruining all of them. I think I would have gone with Saku's approach and done a stacked sandwich that was partially dipped. Yeah, having a one cookie to hold on to and dip in is way different than like trying to dip an entire cookie sandwich into yeah. chocolate. Yeah, I think that's really smart. And hers were really striking. Just because I think the mold, I don't know. I don't trust molds <laughs> with my personal abilities. That's totally fair. It is risky for sure. And I think we saw Dana kind of suffering a little bit. She had that really oh beautiful, intricate mold. But like most of them worked except for like four. I so know. like, did you drop three of them? 
Shut up, Paul. We know it happened. So rude. Shit's hard. Yeah, Paul's sass sometimes feels a little unnecessary to me. Like, I understand tough love. I really do. And I think that bakers are going to get the most out of going on this show by getting good feedback from the judges. But, like, we know it happened. I also don't love when Prue and Paul are going around to the bakers and asking them what they're working on. And they'll be like, oh, this is the flavor I'm doing. And then when Paul's like, oh, I hate that. It's like, yeah, the Parma Violet. Yeah. Well, that's like subjective. You know what I mean? And it's also rude to get into some, like, I feel like that serves as a disadvantage because suddenly that baker is going to be way more in their head than they would have been. And that's where it gets easy to start racking up mistakes. Yeah. I think you have to kind of put your taste aside and judge it based on how the flavors are pairing and, you know, the textures of the bake. Yeah, absolutely. I hate that. Don't talk about it, you guys. Keep your opinions to yourself. Um, I also, though, have never had Parma Violet, and I don't know what that is. I don't either. I w- yeah, same. Is it like a floral yeah, something? It is. So it's a little candy, which is, I think, always the issue of like anytime you're using like floral, like violet, rose, pink peppercorns, anything that can have more of a perfumey lavender, there's always the risk that like people are going to overdo it. Saul is so sensitive to that. And I could probably go with like a fuck ton of any like of those flavors in my stuff. But he is like, he has a visceral reaction to it. So I think that some people just really don't like it. And again, back to finesse. If you don't put, uh, you know, just the right amount in, it's too overpowering. Was this Rowan? Rowan, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he also did the Cosmopolitan Lobster that we didn't talk about. Oh, that's right. We didn't talk about, like, I love the idea behind that. Yeah. But then also, like. he's. I think Paul said it was tutti fruity. Like, there was too many fruit flavors. Yeah. And so then here we have Rowan again, where he has, like, a really bizarre flavor combination. And I'm like, oh, Rowan might be the, you know, the predictable too many flavors guy. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Although his lobster cake was beautiful. No, it was beautiful. It just sounded like the flavors were a little bit everywhere. Uh, I think I feel like every season there's someone that has like kind of a, I don't know. I will say like these people will create flavor combinations that I never would have thought of Same, and they yep. end up looking and tasting amazing. But I feel like every season there's one person that's kind of a little bit everywhere with their flavors and they can't quite dial it together. Yeah, I respect it. But like, yeah, maybe testing all of this out on well I don't know maybe the best time to test it out is a great British baking show like for British Bake Off but yeah they do test these show stopping bakes don't they yeah that's so cool I this is another thing that I have always wondered about the logistics they get a memo saying like what the signature bake needs to be and what the uh the showstopper is they can practice these things. So yeah, like that's how they have their notes and it's all planned out. Yeah. And they've got, yeah. So it also is surprising to me that people, I don't know, maybe they have a me in their life. Who's just like, this is so good. I love it too flavorful. And then <laughs> that's wrong. Like whoever they're having test their bakes is too nice. <laughs> Not even too nice, but like I can admit sometimes I make these banana cookies that Saul does not like and I think they're amazing and I can respect the fact that technically they're kind of not the best, but they're really good to me. And so maybe they're just not having somebody who's got enough of a refined palate to make these kinds of determinations. I don't think that's true. You are the you are the biggest critic on your own baking. Anytime you share something with me, you're like critiquing it and you're like way harsher on it than I am. That's fair. 
and I am, but like, I still think that there's a level of like, you also kind of bake towards what you like. And that, like you were saying, it can be really subjective what yeah. people enjoy and what they don't enjoy. So depending on like who's tasting their things, they might not get that crucial feedback of like somebody with a more refined palate or a judge might be offended by like the potency of this. Yeah. So I don't know. My two cents. <laughs> True. You, you should have like a panel of people trying the cake. And each person on the panel is like specializing in something. You got a flavor guy. You got a texture guy. You got your grandma to make you feel good no matter what. Totally. And then somebody to like rip it apart on how it looks. Yeah. 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 You got your artist. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm going to make note of this. If I ever make it to a baking show, that's exactly what I'm going to do. I'm going to have a panel of people. Well, I hope I get to be on the panel. Absolutely. Only if you're going to be mean though. I got to get all the correct feedback. I can be Paul. Yeah, thanks. Um, were there any flavors that really stuck out to you that you were excited about? Um, I thought Dan, I know that Dan's didn't get a great review, but his chocolate peanut butter um, banana one, I was like, I would eat that. Uh, yeah. I feel like one year on the Great British Bake Off, like they were surprised by peanut butter and jelly going together and they were like, oh, I can't believe you're combining those things. And I feel like sometimes I don't always trust Paul and Prue on this. And like, I am with you on that one. The chocolate peanut butter banana. Or no, there was no peanut butter in it, was it? No, there was. Okay, yeah. I, that's an amazing flavor combo. Yeah. And like, yes, is it not, it's not a super refined flavor combination, but it's good. I just feel like they're too hoity-toity to really appreciate that. So I don't think that's a reflection of Dan. I think that's those judges. The other one that sounded really good to me was Tasha's, the ch malted chocolate. Yeah, with the, the Milo. Yeah, it had a white chocolate um, ganache in there too. Yeah, she nailed that. And it looked so good. Is that what got her the handshake? Yes, that is what got her the handshake. I just love malted chocolate. And so I immediately was like. Yeah, and then executed well. Yeah. That sounds delicious. Well, even when Prue thought that the biscuits were too thick. She still got a handshake. Yeah. Well, she said it looks like it would be, but then the texture of it wasn't. So like yeah. it ate really well. It wasn't like weighing your mouth down. So, wow, she nailed that. What are some that stood out to you? I mean, I am such a simple human. The speculose. Oh, that one sounded really good. I will always eat cookie butter. Yeah. I love that flavor so much. I like, also love the idea of pairing it with like a, a spiced cookie. Yes. I think… I think that to me is like comfort in a cookie. Like mm -hmm. everything that Dana so far, Dana and I are on the same wavelength. On you could like, share fashion. Yeah, sweaters, speculos, cookies. Flavor profile. Absolutely. I am here for that. I, I think that, uh, yeah, that, that to me really stuck out. Again, I'm also a big pistachio person. So I'm with, you know, Saku's pistachio and raspberry sounded really good to me too. Even oh, though I just yeah. got done saying I don't like fruit in my stuff. I would eat that. Yeah. What about you? Anything? I think um, just the ones that I named. Okay. Sorry. We're Sometimes I forget, like, lose myself and all this. I don't know what we're just <laughs> going around and around. Um, yeah, that's a fun one. We should definitely make marshmallow and try molds and see how we can do. I will say Christie's were beautiful. Like, yes, I where she painted they, they, the rose on there. I didn't think they sounded delicious, but they were gorgeous. Yeah, I'm with you. That was, like, one of the least exciting flavors for me, but the way she executed that. Also, watching everybody pop stuff out of the molds and still have, like, all the chocolate kind of around the edges of it, that's what I feel like would happen to all of mine. 
but they all managed to clean those up so nice. Oh my gosh. Abby's were also beautiful. She's a strong baker and her stuff is always beautiful. So watch out for Abby. You know what? Abby is, oh no, there she is. That's right. She used the the flavors, the orange pistachio and cardamom too, which is another really good yeah, she's good flavor combo. For. I yeah, I love that. She also used those wild poppy seeds in the cakes. Oh yeah, which yeah, so cool. That's yeah, I'm excited for that. I do love the flavored wizards. They're they're on it. Um, anything else about the signature? I will say, poor Keith and his wagon wheels. <laughs> <laughs> they just looked like plops of cookies on the plate. Little boop. I think that was when he got the comment about it's like Beauty and the Beast. Yes. They, they tasted delicious, but they looked horrific. See, and that is very relatable to me all the time. Like, I get that fully. It's so hard. Like, if you've never baked and tried to make something look really good, like, I just, man, it is such a skill and it is so difficult. And there's so many ways it can go wrong. Yeah. I don't even try to make most of my stuff look good. I kind of dread it. I've got a few things that I'm good at at this point, but like the idea of something like this, oh, no. <laughs> yeah, especially when you have to do 12 of them that look identical. Yeah. And like, chocolate gets harder as it's like, as it gets cooler, it gets harder to spoon it on. And if you miss a spot coming back, like you're going to see it. Maddie's were so clean. Oh, I thought his were beautiful. so clean. I mean, and I know he pulled his out of a mold, which is like that makes sense to me. But like, the finesse is just I that sh- looked like something you'd get in a French bakery. It did. Put that in a little gold paper, and boom. I think he even got critiqued on them not being perfect looking. That is bananas. I know. I'm like, wow, that's a high bar. Yeah, it is. The, oh, yeah, man. I, I loved all of these. I thought all the bakers did like a really good job. So fan of all of that. Technical challenge? I have thoughts. Okay. Listen, I'm going to give everybody a hot tip. If you have dough that needs to be refrigerated so that then you can go cut it, this does require some space. So make space in your fridge. Roll that dough out between two pieces of wax paper. Like put your flour on, roll it out, carefully transfer it to the fridge. Let it cool when it's already rolled out to the thickness that you need it. It's so hard, one, to roll dough when it's cold. like And it heats it up. Yeah. And this way you're not messing with it. You literally pull it out of the fridge and you can start cutting it. And then you can use bake those first, roll it back out, then start loading cookies up into the refrigerator as you're like rolling and cutting it back out so that you've got a little bit of a stagger. But like initially right out of the gate, you're able to use that cold dough and it will chill faster because it's what, you know, like a quarter of an inch thick. That's really, that. yeah, I don't know. But like roll it out first. Don't put it in a ball. Don't make it a disc. Roll it out. Yeah. Make that happen. And I just watched so many bakers not do that. And that was really surprising to me. I feel like I don't understand why more people didn't do that. That's fair. So do that. Um, These cookies look really good, though. I want to try and make these, too. Oh, see, this isn't my cookie. No? No. Looked so plain and boring. I love plain and boring cookies. (laughs) Um, I also want that little stamp. It was so cute. Yeah, the stamp was cute. This was technically hard in a very specific way. It was like. I know that the temperature was a big factor as far as like the crunchiness of the biscuit, 
But because they wanted the stamp to be so legible, you had to stamp it in a, like not only was the stamp depth important, but it also depended on the temperature of the dough, Mm -hmm. whether the stamp would take well. I don't know. There were so many small parts that I thought made this especially challenging for such a basic cookie. Yeah. This is, I think, where like sugar cookies on the surface level seem like they're really easy, but then to get that level of detail does require quite a bit of, of like paying attention to what it is you're doing. Yeah. Also, to make cream not like splooge out the sides was really impressive. A like, custard cream too. I mean, like a custard buttercream. Yeah. That I definitely want to try, but I also know that every time I filled anything, when you bite into it, you're going to get it all over your hands. So I'm impressed that they all managed to like keep that custard in there. Right? Oh, it I seemed like it. the overall biggest critique was that most people didn't bake their biscuits long enough. Yeah. And that's hard because it goes really quick between you don't want color on them, but you also need them to be at a level of crispy. And that can be really tricky to figure out exactly what that is. And I feel like the moisture in the air for the day, the temperature, like, ugh, there's so many factors. As someone who makes a lot of sugar cookies and they always vary slightly depending on what is going on around me that I have no control over. So props to the people who were successful. I feel like even Keith's who came in last, like (laughs) his were fine. Those are a perfectly edible cookie. I could see the definition on them. (laughs) Which also goes to say, I think this is a really talented group of bakers because even the worst bakers are still so good. I Yeah, because I, well, and maybe, I don't know. I'm not saying this, saying that I could do these technical challenges easy, but I'm saying usually in the technical challenges, I feel like there's more of a drop off of like, you have the people who magically, you know, they obviously they're experienced and very technically capable, but they're, I also think that that some people just have some luck on their side and their technical baking ends up being close to perfect. And then there's like a drop off and you have people that are just like scraping stuff onto a plate and like hoping. I know, (laughs) man, there have been some hilarious, (laughs) hilarious technical challenges in the past. Like you're right. And we're not seeing that. Like even at the, like at the two ends, everybody's a lot closer together. It's pretty uniform. And I think Abby had the advantage because she said she had looked those up. I was like, what are the chances of that? I was kind of annoyed, honestly. And then she won. I don't know. I was like, that's frustrating Ooh, for everyone else. Conspiracy? Did she hear it from somewhere and knew like that? I don't know. I don't no, know. That's I, and true. maybe, she, you know, maybe she's sitting there thinking like, okay, biscuit week, what would be a technical thing? And just like brainstorming and looking things up because that's really smart. But I was like, what are the chances that you read that recipe last night and then you got first place? Yeah, especially because that does. I mean, and again, this might be more of a British thing than not, but also just to like think of that cookie. That seems so specific. Whereas like biscuits over there are way more popular. And so maybe there are like a dozen biscuits that are pretty technical that you would consider would be. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. That's very true. Hmm. I don't know. Like over here, I feel like it'd be like a very specific type of donut or something. Yeah. Like, what would our technical bakes be in America? I don't know. Sometimes I think about this. Somebody posted on the baking subreddit, like, what's a what's a cake from your region that is really well known? Like, everybody from all over the world had cakes. And then there's the United States. And I'm like, fucking no, we don't have anything. Sheet cake? Maybe. But, like, even that isn't, I don't know. We don't have culture. <laughs> I, don't know. I know what, what? it is. What? Funfetti cake. 
Funfetti cake. <laughs> Actually, I was thinking about the vertical Swiss roll cake. A Funfetti one would be pretty cool. So cool. That would be fun to eat. We should try it. Okay. Do a vertical <laughs> Sorry, roll Funfetti cake. <laughs> I got distracted. No, it's fine. Um, yeah, I don't know. That was really lucky for her. But <laughs> Abby kind of seems like, and I'm not saying this in a negative way. If you've read Harry Potter, I feel like you know what I mean. I feel like Abby is kind of the Hermione of the baking class so far, where she seems to be like too spot on with everything. So annoying. <laughs> and she's Stop also, being as prepared. She's also like kind of smug about it. <laughs> Totally. Like, you know, Abby's not having a ton of fun in her life in other areas because she's all in on doing this thing really well. Yeah. (laughs) And respect. If that brings you joy, that brings you joy. But like I have learned having had really narrow focus at points in my life, sometimes it's not healthy. Like it can pay off. And maybe when you are on a baking championship or baking show, like that is it. But yeah, I'm with you. I totally read that. Like Maddie calling her out as the threat. Yeah. Everyone is aware of Abby. (laughs) Totally. Yeah, I love that. No, that's a good that's a good observation. All right. Showstopper. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. These are always my favorite ones. Mine too, because I don't think there's ever been a time where I've been watching people do showstoppers where I'm like, I could totally do this. It is always so hard and they always do so well. Even Keith's ugly little seaside lunch was so impressive. I know. I love Rowan stopping and looking around and just being absolutely floored by how good everybody's looked because that was some really stiff competition. Yeah. And like Rowan's was good too. It was definitely on the simpler side, but like- There was too many charcuterie boards. So then you have the issue of comparison. I know. And again, I understand why people would default to that because like it's an easier route to take. Really? I felt like those- I was kind of surprised how many there were because you have to create more variety. What would you have done? Like food? Uh, let me th- ask me that later. I'll think about it. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Do you know what you would have done? No, I have no idea what I would have done. Maybe like, see, I don't know. My first thought is like, I told Saul that I wanted to make cookies that look like other cookies and like do a plate of cookies, but it would be all kinds of like, you would hide them. I don't know how I would do that. And I think that might actually be really a stupid idea. <laughs> but it has to be a meal dress. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She's I <laughs> eat cookies for breakfast all the time. All the time. So are you saying you would try to make a sugar cookie look like a chocolate chocolate chip cookie? Yeah. Or then I would like decorate a chocolate chip cookie to look like something else. Okay. And like, I don't know. I realize a meal, a meal, a meal, a meal breakfast of some kind probably oh like pancakes pancakes yeah that'd be a good one this is another place where we were talking about be smart (laughs) like be smart some of these I mean first of all I just want to say I loved Dana's stringy cheese but also I did think that her pizza didn't really look like a pizza yeah it had elements but it's like cheese is not looking like that like that was a good like she should have made a bowl of spaghetti yeah that would have been smart. Um, I was really impressed with Joshua's tomatoes. Joshua's whole thing, like, sometimes I have issues with, like, the showstoppers because I feel like to get things to be structural, to stay together, to look a certain way, you really do have to sacrifice a little bit the way things taste. 
And for him to have not only made that look like a legitimate burger with those beautiful tomatoes. Wow. But then the fact that it also tasted really good. Wow. That was really cool. I want to try that. I love like fake plastic food. I don't know. Do you? That's so fun. I think that just came from like (laughs) having a little kitchenette when I was little. And for some reason, anytime I see like little fake food that like Velcros together, I just love it. And so there, I loved how fake Nikki's looked. And so even though it wasn't very realistic, I just loved the presentation of, it was hers. Yeah, hers had like the peas and the little carrots. The peas and the carrots. Oh my gosh. I thought that that was really adorable. I agree. And I think that there is an element in that where like you can go two directions, right? You could do more realistic and try and really like the way that Tasha's looked like chicken katsu. Yeah. Or you can go the way I think Josh went this way a little bit too. Like the burger looked very cartoonish, obviously with like the height and like how perfectly clean everything was. Both are really hard. Yeah. So impressive. Yeah. To execute either direction is like… That's really cool. But I think I would have more success with cartoonish than I would real. Oh, yeah. I don't know, though. I think one time Reddit, I know this is where I spend all my time, but somebody tried to make like raspberry cookies that honestly looked like raw meat, which was so funny to me. And I was like, I had, I like sort of cataloged that. I'm like, well, if I have any cookies to look like raw meat. Whoa. So like, like it looked like ground beef. Whoa. It was cool. So I think there are ways too, though, where you could definitely lean into realistic and use more natural textures that could work really well too. That's fair. Because didn't somebody do like a steak pie? That was Nikki. Nikki. That's right. She had the steak pie with it. And then um, Dan had the cheese and onion pie. His looked cartoon. His was cartoony and cute too. I love the way that he cut the pie out into different sections too. That's so smart. Like. smart. Yeah, don't limit yourself to kind of one look on things. Very fun challenge. Very, very difficult. I'm still trying to think of what I would do. Maybe. I don't know. That's so hard because you have to be so smart about what you pick. I know. So smart. I admire these people. And granted, they're not having to make this decision on a whim. It's not like they hear this challenge and then. They've got five minutes to plan and, you know, four hours to execute. Like, they do get to practice this. Um, I will come better prepared next time, though. I will have a game plan on what I would do for all of these yeah, things. Yeah, me too. Um, I think maybe like a BLT. <gasps> that would be so cute. Or something like that. Yeah. That could be really delicious. You could do like a thin wafer cookie for the bacon. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man, that would be fun. Then I would eat it. (laughs) Sometimes stuff like that really weirds me out. I would have a hard time eating something that looked like something else. Yeah. Because sometimes you just want, like, if it looks like pizza, my mouth is set for pizza. Yeah, I want pizza, not a cookie. I could eat pizza right now, too. Always. I. So, Tasha wins Star Baker. So well-deserved. I was really, really worried that Josh was going to, like, pull that out. Um, I also loved Noel's comment about how hard the situation was going to be. Um, or Paul said that it was going to be difficult. And Noel was like, you mean after eating 70 cookies? <laughs> I was like, oh, I want to be a judge on one of these shows. I just want to eat all the bakes. And I love that Allison was going around taking. Oh, yeah. She's like, I'll take two of those. <laughs> yes. Why do hosts not get to eat? Did you know Jesse Palmer for the championship baking? 
negotiated that he got to sit down and have a plate because previously the the host did not get to sit down and eat something. That would be so hard to host a show with all of these delicious items and not get to taste any of them. Not bullshit. I was like, good for fucking Jesse Palmer, man. He needed to get in there and taste those things. Yeah, that would be awful. I think it was last week where I don't know if she was waiting for something to be cooked, but Nikki like went over to someone's ganache. She's like, I'm just going to try your ganache. And she stuck her finger in it. I would be that person. Yeah, she tried Maddie's ganache for, I think it was like tiramisu cake or something. Yeah, she's like, wow, that's amazing. I know. I love that. I love Nikki. Nikki makes me so happy. I think that's my goal as I get older, as I just want to be this lovely, kooky, fun, no fear woman. I also love that her accent reminds me so much of Mrs. Doubtfire. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Which I I should say that Mrs. Doubtfire got her accent from wherever Nikki's from, but… I don't know. Yeah. Very nostalgic. Very. Nikki is, Nikki is lovely. Uh, if you had to, who's your baker for the week? Ooh. Ooh, okay. Um, I'm going to say, I need to, do you have an idea? I need to go back and look at the biscuits, the, the first biscuits real quick. Um, yeah, I actually feel like um, I kind of want to go with Dana. Okay. I like the speculos. I appreciate her wanting to do pizza. That calls to me too, even though her execution of it wasn't amazing. And the custard cookies are just sort of a blur. But yeah, Dana for me. I think I'm going to say Saku because we didn't mention her Sri Lankan breakfast. But even though they were critiquing her little like egg bowls, I was so impressed at like how delicate the bowl was. I know she did the egg was. Yeah, she did such a good job with that. She really did. I I think that's a solid. Yeah, I was. I mean, I was so impressed with that. And I just want to say, side note, the fact that Tasha was able to pull out that signature challenge. I mean, showstopper challenge after Paul kind of put that pressure on her. I would have been sweating. Out of every crevice in my body, if I had that additional pressure. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> well, and the fact that Prue at the end of that was like, you've set the bar very high. Oh, that's so awesome. It is so good. But like, man, whoo. Yeah. Pressure. So cool. I'm excited to see. Tasha just sort of is, I'm rooting for Tasha. I, I like her bakes. Yeah. She's, she's also a delight. Yeah. She's so, chill about everything too. I'm like, damn, I could not keep it together. I would be a mess. Me too. Well, every other word out of my mouth would also have to be beeped out. Like I just can't, I don't think I can bake without a lot of emotion behind it. It just is impossible. Yeah. And my station would be a train wreck. (laughs) I'm not a clean baker where I'm like cleaning up after myself the whole time. It'd just be an explosion of ingredients and stress. That's actually what we call it when I bake because I explode the kitchen. And (laughs) that is the best way to describe it. I have photos from like doing my December baking and like there is no surface available that does not have like dirty pans, stuff everywhere. December baking is intense. It is intense, but also cleaning up from that. I'm like stuff's on the floor, not food, but just like stuff I have to wash. (laughs) Yeah, I would not be clean. That bench is not big enough. 
I appreciate when there's just messy bakers in the tent. I don't know if we have one this season, but in past seasons, there's been like really messy bakers. (laughs) Also, the kids are so funny with their messes. If you haven't watched the Junior Bake Off, which I put it off for so long. And then discovered that that's actually the best version of this show. I think I told you. I was like, if you want to watch like the sweetest thing, you have to. <laughs> yeah, and it is. And like the thing is, oh, those kids are so talented. So talented. But also so cute with each other. I know. I love it. I love that show. Um. Okay. Okay. The first two episodes down. I'm excited for next week. Uh, We're going to pivot to a little bit of Bachelor talk. Yeah. Okay. Paradise. Whoa. <laughs> paradise I can tell my mood's been a little off because like I was telling you before we started I don't want to watch but then the second that I sit down to watch it I'm like oh that's right I love this mess oh yeah it's so good and like I'm the whole hour and a half just flies by it's and the mess continues paradise I think is living up to uh it's it's uh man I can't think of the word but yeah (laughs) It's messy reputation. That's it. Reputation. It's living up to its reputation. Yeah. So week one, we have the love triangle between Olivia, Kylie, and Will, which immediately is messy right off the bat. Also, I am shocked that it's Will. That I know. Is in, At first, I, I was like, who is Will? And then- They showed the jacket in the water. And yeah. I he, will say, I thought he looked way more attractive with his facial hair. I agree. I mean, he's attractive no matter what, but I'm just saying, I was like, why'd you shave it, my guy? Because Mexico's hot. That's fair. Everybody is constantly sweating. So I would imagine facial hair is probably a nice thing to just have go. Yeah. I just, I think, you know, it brings out his jaw. Anyways, uh, so Olivia kind of got the shit end of the stick on that one. Uh, and she was totally right that Kylie was going to use Will as a placeholder until Avon came down those stairs. Yeah. And then I want to say, though, I think Olivia can do better than Will. Oh, yeah. So, like, honestly, even though that's annoying. Yes. Even though right now that's really annoying. Ugh. So good. Olivia. I think, like, even though we can see that, like, going through that in that moment was probably a shitstorm. Oh, yeah. And, like, how could you not feel bad about that, too? Especially after the toe-sucking conversation, him kissing her. Like, it felt like they had a good connection. And then for him to just totally brush her off and then not do a good job sort of explaining, like, hey, night one, I just, I want to keep my options open. Yeah, I don't think Will necessarily owed her a conversation before he went on the date just because they had only talked for, like, I don't know, what we saw. It was, like, maybe a 20-minute toe-sucking conversation. But I do think that Will could have handled it so much better when he came back and just like admitted that, I don't know, he could have just taken more accountability and been a little bit more apologetic instead of like steamrolling over her emotions and putting more blame on her. Yeah. Don't yuck someone's yum. Just don't do it. If she's into toe sucking, you don't need to like make her feel bad for that. Also, you you grabbed her face like and it doesn't have anything to do with her toe sucking like. She should be able to talk about whatever, and it doesn't mean you get to grab her face and kiss her. Yeah, if you're uncomfortable, deal with your discomfort. <laughs> Don't solve that by kissing her. Or, or like her talking about toe-sucking does not give you a green light to go in for a kiss. No, it doesn't. I mean, if she was into it, so whatever. But I'm just saying, like, her point was, you grabbed my face and you were macking on me. And he was like, well, you were the one talking about sucking toes. And I was like, yeah, but... 
that doesn't mean that you get to grab her face and kiss her. Yeah. Also, flirty, fun. Like, I don't know. Yeah, I'm with you. Ugh, Will. Yeah. Although, so how are we just kind of talking? So yeah, first just, two episodes. Some hot takes. So Evan came down. Will dropped like a hot potato. Olivia's, uh, she was kind of like, this is what's going to happen. He's going to come down the stairs. Kylie's going to ditch Will. And that's exactly what happened. She called it. Yeah, that is exactly what happened. And, you know, Olivia is giving and giving and giving. And I am here for her starting some shit. I don't agree with it, like, on a level of your own, like, ability to be okay. Sometimes you just got to let that stuff go. But it's great television. For paradise. <laughs> yes. Be well, Betty. And, Throw and the cake in the fire. It's obvious now, especially with the way episode two ended with um, Mercedes. What? Well. I hope Mercedes is using Will for his rose and because I like Mercedes and I think Will is a mess. But uh, <laughs> it is obvious now that Will falls too fast and too hard. He just wants approval. He just wants attention. He just wants to be chosen. And that doesn't create a healthy relationship, my dude. Yeah. And I always like Greer crying about not being chosen. Like I always hate that. And it's like you guys you have to understand that you don't want to be chosen on bad pretenses either or for reasons that aren't authentic. Like, if you haven't found your person, that's okay. Keep keep doing you. Also, why don't you choose? Like, I don't need to feel chosen. Yeah. I want to choose, and I want someone to choose me back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, This is a kind of fun cast. Like, I, we talked about this. Like, I'm not super into anybody, but everybody's giving. I actually think that that will make the mess more fun because last year, I think that there was too much, like everyone loves Rodney. Rodney was on too high of a pedestal. And so when the mess happened with, what's her name? Eliza. Eliza. Like it wasn't necessarily on Eliza and it wasn't necessarily on Justin, but because Rodney is Rodney, it made everything like way like bigger of a deal than it should have been. Oh, and it was lace too. Icon. Oh, so yeah. like, lace. Uh, And so now that I feel like these people are all kind of like, eh, they're fine. And we got some good drama causers like Brayden, Aaron. Who else? I think Sean is going to be. Sean. Um, I feel like there's some good female shitsters too. Well, well, yeah. Kylie going in there doing what she did. Olivia has also been yeah. like, well, I'm going to go for Ava now. But like, I don't really like really like any of these people. And so it's I think it'll be more fun to see it get messy when you're less in, like emotionally invested in the people. Right. It's not going to end up being like a Carly Kirk situation where at the end you're just like, oh, my God. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Or when Jared breaks Ashley I's heart for like the third time in a row. <laughs> Just the absolute sobbing. <laughs> also, in a way, I'm glad that we don't have Aaron Clancy again. Like, oh, I kind of, I know, I know, but he also he's so funny. But like, I think that this will be a different level of drama than like what Aaron has brought us the last two seasons. So I am a little excited that we're going to get some different dynamics at play here. That's fair. And I mean, I don't like Brayden as a person, but I think Brayden's excellent television, and I am thrilled he's on the beach. I find him and Kat, like, they can't keep, like, their lips off of each other, and I'm already here for it. And we've already seen the preview that Tanner's coming down next week, and Kat's going to do some flip-flopping. I don't know. 
Well, I'm also excited that Katie Thurston's going to show up and not as a contestant, but just as like somebody, which surprises me because she's had a really contentious relationship with the show. Like there's been a lot of rumblings that she's not gotten along with producers, that she was really difficult. Um, I don't think she had like the overall best experience and she's, she wanted to speak on it, but then was sort of, I think, threatened with legal action on like not being able to. So I'm genuinely surprised actually to see her back in any capacity. Yeah. But I am not going to be sad about her and Blake talking because she has also admitted that that was a fake engagement. I want to hear her have to explain that to Blake. Like I want that conversation. Ooh, I want that conversation too. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, did they show anyone else come down? Obviously, we had Hannah Brown come down and do the bonfire, which I don't know what the point of that was, but it was fun to see things get more complicated. Yeah, to see everybody squirm. That was a good time. Also, because the stakes are so low. Nobody's winning any money. Nobody's life is going to change by like being, well, I guess it could change being successful on the show, but like everybody having their feet held to the fire was was a little bit more entertaining. I will say I like the, that version of bringing in like someone from previous Bachelor seasons. Um, I love this version of it in Paradise of just making everything more messy versus when you do this on The Bachelor or Bachelorette, they bring in like Nick Vial or um, Caitlin Bristow to like do these trauma circles where it's like everyone's sitting around and talking about really sensitive personal Like the worst things that have ever happened to them. Okay, I don't want to watch this. This is so awkward, so uncomfortable. It's not authentic. I would much rather like have someone walk down those stairs and stir the fucking pot. Well, and she did it in two different (laughs) ways, right? I love that she came down there and the girls were like, what the fuck? Is she here to date? And the guys were like, She's here to date. <laughs> and the girls are like, are you kidding me? I can't with Hannah Brown. I know. And like, I love that. The panic of like, and I knew that she wasn't because I think I'd heard that she's like engaged or something. So like, I, but it was still so fun. Everybody's faces were so telling. The guys were here for it. The girls were like, get the fuck out. Uh, <laughs> and then for her to just sit down and be like, I love the tea. Same girl, same. Give yes. it to me. That was so funny. I want to be Hannah Brown sitting around asking questions and getting the tea. That also, was so she looks amazing. Yeah. That's a hard feat to do. I noticed that in this last the second episode I texted you. Those women look so beautiful, so fresh faced. So and like their hair's kind of frizzy. They're sweating a little bit. Just like, God damn. Yeah. They, These are beautiful people that you can exist in like in, in environments that most of us just sort of melt in. They have this like sheeny, sweaty glow. I don't know. Yeah. I start sweating. start breaking out. It's, it's not good. And these people are just all beautiful. One couple I'm immediately sus about is Rachel and Sean. Yeah. That was a weird <laughs> turn of events. Rachel with Sean, like Rachel. Toxic guys are not for you. Fix your picker. <laughs> yeah, this is like Tino Light. Like, we don't need this. Uh, or Rachel, know. though, like, I do have to say I have some sympathy for her that, like, Avon's going to be there. She's had a really bad go at this. Um, I wish they would have shown an Avon Rachel conversation. Same. I lo- who Tyler comes Tyler down. Tyler comes down. And he, like, pulls her. Which I love. Like, I hope, like, you, uh, I always want to see people be able to come out the other side and be like, you weren't my person, but that doesn't mean that there's anything wrong with you. Like, let's be friends. I, I want that energy for Rachel because I think she just needs people in her life that are, like, good to her. And not necessarily romantically, but just, like, 
she's got some shit to work through and I'm still not sure she should be on the beach. I think that's fair. I think she looks amazing. Gorgeous. But I don't know if she should be on the beach. Um, it'll be interesting to see what happens with Tyler because, I mean, who knows? Maybe it's just like, uh, hey, good to see you here. Like, troll a law conversation. But Tyler could be pulling her for a date and she kind of really burned him on her season. She sent him home at his hometown without even meeting his family. Yeah, but also it was so awkward. Like so awkward. he was a guy that was just falling too hard too fast. He was a Brandon, like throw the Xbox out the window. <laughs> yeah. Just, you know, somebody where you're like, this is too much. And you, I don't even know who you are because you're just rolling out the red carpet for me at every turn. And as she was like trying to break up with him, he wasn't even able to like hear or compute that because he was so in love with the idea of being in love. <sighs> That's so, so true. I kind of like, in that sense, I do feel like, He's a lot. He's kind of a will. Yeah. Just like, I understand everybody wants the, wants to feel wanted, wants to feel loved, but like that shouldn't be at well, the like, expense of you who you are. Me? You know what I mean? Like what? Yeah. Why are you in love with me? Why do you want love with me? Right. You could be in love with anybody yeah. when you're like, like this. Like, oh, I'm pretty? Like what? Exactly. Like why, why are you choosing me? Yeah. Yeah. So that's exciting though. But Rachel's got a lot of exes on this beach. Yeah. Um, okay, Golden Bachelor. Golden Bachelor. Sorry, it's really hailing outside yeah, at this hailing. exact moment. I was like, what am I hearing? Um, wow. Okay, we both only watched the first episode, so we're not going to go to the second yet. I was crying. Yeah, his story about… Is it Gary, Jerry? Gary. Gary, like him talking about losing his wife after moving in to their dream house a month later broke me. Like, I… Was ugly crying. Yeah, that was really, really sad. That was really sad. And like, it's, I love the premise of this because I think as you get older, you deserve companionship. And when you lose a spouse, like, I don't know. He thought he was going to share some of his dream home and retirement time with the love of his life. life. Yeah. And she didn't get to experience any of that. And him talking about how it should be her. I was just like, oh my God, I can't. Yeah, talk about, like, what a way to start a show. Yeah, like, instantly, I need this to be successful. And then I also, I hate limo entrances, but all of the women were so funny. They, I loved it. I, they, they are comfortable. They are confident. They know what they want. Man, talk about great fashion, great hair. These women pulled out all the stops. Yes, Jimmy Kimmel's aunt is my spirit woman uh, laying on the couch sleeping. That would be me. (laughs) That would be. (laughs) And I love that. She's like, did I get a rose? Like, No, you slept through the rose ceremony and and you weren't given a rose. She's like, but I'm going to take the couch. Some of my, Ellen was a standout for me. I think that was the woman who has the friend who has cancer named Roberta. Yeah, who the episode was dedicated to. Oh my gosh. I Roberta. hate that. Yeah. Um, Sandra, for me, with the chanting. <laughs> and I think, uh, isn't Natasha? She was the one that was doing the dancing. I loved her energy. Um, I just think that something that's unique to this is it feels like everyone, I mean, I shouldn't say everyone, because I'm sure there's a, I'm sure there's a handful of these women that have been watching some Real Housewives 
that are resi- you know, ready to stir their pot, ready to have their moment on television, which I hope they do because I, I don't want it to be all like heartbreaking and sweet moments. Like I do want some drama. But um, I think the majority of these women are here to find a partner. I think so too. And it brings a very distinctly different energy to the show that is like, okay, this does feel more authentic. This does feel more like I'm using huge fingers right now, but that women are here for the right reasons. So yesterday on our walk, I was yammering on about all the shows and I told Saul about how the Golden Bachelor was a lot better and he's and the women were really great. And he's like, oh, let me guess. They're there for the right reasons. I was like, you know, you get it. It's true though. Like they are, they are there for the right reasons. Yeah. And I, um, I don't know. There was a moment when I don't, I know she got the first impression rose. I don't remember her name. Do you remember her name? I don't. I, I meant to take Allison, but I don't know if that's right. I don't know. Guitar girl. Faith. Faith. I wow. Know. I know. I didn't, I did not take notes. I don't know why I didn't do that. Anyway. I had this moment when I was like motorcycle, guitar, like, Maybe she's trying to have her moment, but she also like left a really good impression with him. So I hope that that's not true. Uh, yeah. And I just want to interject there. I don't like it when anybody sings or plays an instrument. Like I still had that like secondhand embarrassment. Like just, I don't know. And she was beautiful. Her voice was great. Good voice. Gary loved it. I did not. But yeah. So, and then there was also, I think it was the chicken one that was like, I think she was a therapist or something. I don't know. I was like, your vibes are rubbing me the wrong way, but you're also great to watch. Yeah. The laughing was really fun. Yeah. Yoga laughing is so interesting to me. I do not have uh, the bravery for that, but I admire people that do. And clearly she's a very happy woman. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Also, I love seeing them like dancing kissing, having a good time. Like this gives me hope because I want to be that cool when I reach that age. Also, I could not believe some of these ages. I was like, you do not look 70. Sandra is 75. Wow. Unreal. There was one lady that I was like, you're lying. Your age. No, you're not 67. You're like 49. Yeah, you got to (laughs) be. Like a lot of these women looked incredible. It's true. They really did. Yeah, I loved it. I'm actually excited. It's a really short season, but. I love the one hour episode. Me too. Um, that was such a relief when I looked at that. I'm like, I don't have an hour and a half to give to this. And then when it was 42 minutes because Hulu without ads. But I was like, perfect. This yeah. is the right amount that I can handle. I love starting out with less women. I don't know. There's just, a, I know it's going to be a short season. I think that they only filmed for three or four weeks. Three weeks, so yeah. this is basically ABC just like testing it out. But um, so far, I think it's, I think it's refreshing that the show is doing something new. I think it's refreshing to see this kind of love story. Yeah. And it's also lovely to see older women getting their time in the spotlight. Like they all looked amazing, but they all had real bodies. They like, I don't know. It was like, cool. You don't have to hold on to beauty for the rest of your life to feel love and to find love and to be part of something. Like, yeah. And I feel like so much of our culture is fixated on that to like see everybody happy and having a good time and just saying fuck it in a way was epic. Yeah. And I, everyone that's watched it that I know of has just thought it was a treat. So I think The Bachelor is playing a smart move. I think so too. No more regular episodes. Just give us Golden Bachelor. Yeah. I want the Golden Bachelorette after this. 
Oh, yeah, they better do that. Wouldn't that be amazing? I think that could be so fun. Yeah. Oh, please give it to me. What if we have a golden paradise? <laughs> I'm here for it. Maybe, me maybe too. Maybe it needs to be a little bit more comfortable than glamping. I was going to um, say, they cannot make those people sleep outside. Did you know the women are having to sleep in bunk beds? Yeah, I saw that. Senior I abuse. I was like… You cannot. They need good beds. Like, yeah. pay. I'm sorry. Like, cut back on whatever you need to, but give everybody a good place to sleep. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I hit my 30s and suddenly I'm like, well, I can't do cheap stuff anymore. Like, I hurt when I wake up if I don't. I can't imagine that age and having to sleep on a bunk bed. I, I was wondering if that was going to happen because they talk about the bunk beds in the show. And I was like, where are these women sleeping? <laughs> yeah. I so. hate that. But… Maybe if it takes off, more money will be put towards it. Yeah, and there aren't as many women, and who knows? Maybe they won't be in the mansion for very long. Maybe travel will start sooner. Yeah, move so. them to a hotel in like next week. Yeah. I don't know. There was like a helicopter doing circles around a yacht, so there's some money here. Already more than charity season. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> oh, goodness. Okay, well, anything else on Bachelor for you? Um, I don't think so. I just really, I'm glad we're back doing this. I had a lot of fun watching The Bachelor in Paradise without like panicking about the notes. I got to just like have fun. Yeah. And I, <laughs> I like this amount of recap. I felt like, you know. Yeah. Touch on the highlights. I don't have to remember all the things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, side note, I'm just throwing this out there so that I have more people to talk about it with, but Jess has got me started on watching Big Brother. <gasps> we can't 25. even begin to cover Big Brother. <laughs> We're not going to, but I just want to say I'm addicted. I'm in it to win it. If anyone wants to join us and talk about it, please email us, Instagram us. Like, yeah, it we, is crazy. We could even do just like a one-off, like everybody talk about Big Brother on a podcast and just see how it goes. But yeah, there's so much. This season is the most fun I've had. Well, last season was really good too, but it's so different. So I, it's it's a lot to catch up on. Mandy just blew through like 30-something episodes in, I don't know, a week and a half, which is wild. It's but been affecting my sleep. <laughs> I'm not watching the live feeds yet. I did listen to my first podcast yesterday. So there's a ton of content, which is amazing, but also there's so much TV on right now that I'm a little, I'm a little overwhelmed with everything I have to stay yeah. on top of. Which is, I mean, a better problem to have than like a month ago where I had no television, so. And we're kind of leaning into the fact that there's a lot of TV and especially with like, I know the writer's strike has ended, but the actor's strike is still going and reality TV seems to thrive when everything else is going to shit. So yeah. I think we're going to have a lot of great things to pick from and we're just going to, we'll keep you posted on what we decide to cover right now, Great British Bake Off, and then as things progress, we'll see what, what comes on. Yes. Basically, just to let you know our loose plan of attack is we want to talk about shows we're excited about because we think we are more fun to listen to when we are genuinely excited about the content. Yeah. Us kicking and screaming, you know, dragging us in here, having to talk about Zach just really wasn't it. So if we're excited about it, we feel like we can do better at podcasting than if we're just we've narrowed ourselves down too far. Yeah. And maybe there will be times where we want to try a new show like we did Love is Blind last time. Uh, just to see what all of the fuss is about. So we're going to try a little bit more of a flowy approach and see how we enjoy it. We'd love to know how you enjoy it. And if you have any show recommendations, please let us know. Always. Yeah. And we want to hear from you. So reach out. Say hi. We missed you. Very much. Bye. Bye. 
Trauma Bonded is produced and hosted by Mandy Booth and Jessica Brumbaugh. Our production manager and editor is Solomon Brumbaugh. Our theme music is by Joe Waters. You can find more of his music streaming on the EP Jupiter Daywatch. Music vocals by Mandy Booth. Graphic designer is Pigeon House. Thank you.